We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody and Woo. welcome in to a very exciting first place uh, five to uh, one uh. coach firing victory podcast because that's exactly what this week is about. Yes, I'm um, Jimmy along with my good friend Dan. Dan, how are you feeling? Oh, just getting bitches fired up in here, man. Feeling good. <laughs> uh, taking jobs that never <laughs> that never feels good. That sounds terrible, really. But it is what it is, man. <laughs> I am uh, stealing people's livelihoods. Yep, putting them out on the streets, uh, hoping they <laughs> can go be a bellhop somewhere or something. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. But hey, <laughs> we're we're here, man. We're here for a, a victory pod. And uh, I got to tell you guys right off the bat, in case we have any new listeners, uh, our intro song is uh, from a band called Radkey from St. Joseph, Missouri. That song is called Cat and Mouse. Uh, I think they got some new stuff coming yes, out sir. soon, guys. So go check out Rad Key. And uh, another thing, Jimmy, our show is brought to you by On the Volley Apparel. All right, guys. What that means is if you go to onthevolleyapparel.com and buy some of their super swaggy, amazing shit, <laughs> and, and you enter no. That's the technical term that's for it. it. You enter no other pod as the discount code, uh, not all one word, put some spaces in it. You're going to get 15% off. All right. Go check them out. They got some really cool stuff, man. I'm always, uh, I wish I could buy everything, but I, but I can't. I think I'd like the, they have the Wu Tang Clan symbol that, that is in the color of a soccer pitch. I kind of like that. Um, they got Pretty new, cool. they got new stuff coming. So yeah, let's move forward. What's going on? Man, this was a good weekend for soccer. Um, Five to, yeah, five to one victory for Sporting KC. Getting a third coach fired in three years. This is starting to become a pattern for Sporting KC. Um, but yeah, man, we got a lot to talk about this week, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna jump into it pretty quick with all of these goals that were scored. Um, you know, there were some some questions leading up to this game about you know, how much some of these guys that were coming back from the international breaks were going to play because, you know, Johnny and, and Diego and, and Daniel Shallowy were all with their respective teams. Some played more than others. Um, didn't really quite know if Kyrie would work his way back in there, how, how the formation would look. Um, so tell me, when when you saw that Johnny was going to be in the 18, Daniel's going to be in the 18, but we still got, you know, Namath, um up top and 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 Gerso and, and Johan in there. Uh, how are you thinking ahead of this game going on the road? Well, I guess I thought that they'd all come back in the lineup. You know what I mean? And and you were the smart thinker. You're like, no, no, rest their bodies. <laughs> they had some crazy international travel. All right, that's stre- that's stress on the body alone. Even if you're not running, you know, six miles a game or whatever it is. Um, but it's. You know, you're looking at it pretty much an unchanged lineup, except with Icopara in there um, from last week, and they got the job done last week against a bad Orlando side. So why couldn't they get the job done this week against a bad Philadelphia side? Not Philadelphia, sorry, San Jose. Yeah, we got it. We got a Philadelphia side coming up on Sunday, and we will I'm talk about ahead. that. 
Um, yeah, I mean, San, San Jose is has not been a good team, um, to say the least. They were the first team in MLS to get mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Um, math. Math. Hashtag math. It seems so long ago where they won their first two games of the year. They were 2-0, and first place. People thought, hey, this Mikhail Starry guy, however you say his name, he might be the answer at coach for the San Jose Earthquakes. No. He's no <laughs> Jacob Peterson, okay? Yeah. So fast forward, um, and pretty much San Jose's only wins from then weirdly came against FC Dallas. And then uh, Sporting KC and Minnesota. laid. And Minnesota. That's true. Uh, Sporting KC laid the hammer down. Um, they Just came back it. out. Yeah, came back out in that standard four three three formation. Um, is there any and, other? <laughs> you know, not when Peter Vermees is in charge. Um, but what's what's interesting to me? So full transparency, I was in Austin, Texas this weekend watching mm. my college football team get embarrassed, um, eating so, a, a slab of ribs. It looked like what the heck was that cancerous material on your plate, man? Yeah, so that was our, our guy Drew Vanderplug. He knows all about this. Uh, that was Salt Lick Barbecue, and my friend and I who Salt were there, Lick. we got the all you can eat family style barbecue, Jesus. which means they just brought us a plate of meat and put it down what? in front of us, and we got ribs, and we got sausage, and we got and it kept the most coming. Delicious brisket. Oh yeah, man. We just kept asking for more and more and more until. When I knew I needed to stop was I was like, I got to eat just a little bit more of this brisket. I took a bite and my body almost immediately like ejected it from my mouth because it was like no more. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine so, how your uh, your next bathroom situation went. I won't uh, ask you any specifics, <laughs> but I don't imagine that was great. <laughs> I, I will leave it to your imagination. Um, but Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I did not get to watch this game live because I was eating barbecue. I saw that picture. Yeah, I was like, picture. Jimmy, no, yeah. your arteries. Yeah, it was on Twitter. Hey, you know what? When in Austin, eat like the, I ate a lot of <laughs> breakfast tacos. That's not too. a thing. So that was delicious. Um, but I did not up. get to watch this game live because I was watching USC lose. Um, but I, I watched it live. Back. Did you see my tweets? I did. You, you know, Dan does a very good job it. from the No Other Pod Twitter account. He's a, he's a funny I guy. so. Yeah. So um, you tell me, I, I'm looking at stats. I watched the condensed match and all that, but you tell me, how are you feeling when the game got going? Because it, it took a little bit for Sporting KC to get on the score sheet. So in the first 20, 25 minutes or so, how are you feeling about this game? Well, the first goal came in like the 18th minute, right? Oh, it did. You're right. I was thinking the Jerso goal was the first one. But so for the first 15 minutes of this game, how are you feeling? <laughs> Well, dude, first of all, I was like, I'm going to do this. All right, game starts at 9.30. I got this. I'm I'm an adult. I can stay up late. No big deal. And uh, I'll tell you right now, dude, I made it. All right? And I did pass out during postgame. I fell asleep <laughs> to the Matt Lawrence and Nate Bucati dulcet sounds of their voice. I was like, okay, I just couldn't take it any longer. But I made it through the whole game. And the first 15 minutes, I it just kind of felt like we were playing with our food, man. Like, what were we doing? Uh, San Jose was having some good amounts of possession as well, and you just kind of wondered when a goal was going to come. And uh, uh, Johan was on the Johan on the wing. Seemed like yeah, he, all he wanted to do was pass it to the top of the box because that's where his assist was from last time, uh, last week. And so they're like, yep. well, it worked last week. Let's keep going. So, that, yeah, they, they just kept trying to go back to what was working last week. Um you know, you mentioned San Jose had had a bit of possession. What's weird is if you look at this game, like Sporting KC won the first ten minutes of possession. San San Jose technically won possession for the whole game. Now it was virtually fifty fifty, but San Jose had fifty point three percent. Sporting KC had forty nine point seven percent. San Jose also outshot Sporting KC seventeen to sixteen. Their passing accuracy was better, eighty six to eighty four percent. Their crossing accuracy was better, thirty-eight to eleven percent. But this game, this 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 was not close, and and it you know Sporting KC outshot uh, San Jose 
on target 10 to 5. Um, but if you look at this first goal, like you're talking about, this Felipe goal in, in the 18th minute, I think this goal is such a perfect illustration of how outmatched San Jose was, despite statistically how in some ways they kind of hung in there. Because Gerso gets the ball one-on-one out on the left. I think it was Nick Lima who was on him. Does these few little stepovers that we know Gerso likes doing, touches around him, and then sends a cross into what's essentially a wide-open Felipe who just kind of like jogs past three San Jose defenders, never really breaks into a run, and then just taps the ball in in the most casual goal of goals I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so how are you feeling Bro, if you, when you saw that? If you watch him, his movement off the ball, he just kind of goes, do-do-do-do-do-do-do. He just waltzes in there and gets a foot on it. He didn't sprint full speed to blast through these guys. He just walked right in and got a foot on it to put it in the goal. Not the most difficult of things on his end. Yeah, it was. it's very strange. And it wasn't like he just jogged a short way. He jogged probably 20 to 22 yards because he starts yeah, his jog like a good six, seven yards outside the box, slowly jogs along a line right behind Florian Youngworth, and then, yeah, taps it in, goal, there you go, 1-0. Like, I can't believe that happened. I mean, as a, as a guy who plays defense, I can't imagine that you lose that guy. I mean, I, I don't know what you're just watching Gerso uh, score your dude out on the wing, like to that you lose a guy behind you. Yeah. Well, what's so strange is like, okay, so the ball's out wide left. There's, I don't know, San Jose defenders. I don't watch San Jose games, but whoever number six is, he's right on Felipe's shoulder. I don't know if he thinks Florian Youngworth's going to take Felipe or not. But Six just peels off and doesn't stick with him. Felipe just sits right behind Youngworth, and then, yeah, nobody sees him. And then they all just look silly. So, not a bad goal. Um, not a bad goal at all. Yeah, and then uh, it was not five minutes later when uh, Gerso, doing his best Lionel Messi impression, makes a gorgeous run, has about 20 yards of space, and chips Andrew Tarbell perfectly. And if Dude. you would have told me that Gerso had this chance before the game, I would have told you he's probably going to shoot the ball out of the stadium because he doesn't have any sort of touch. This was a pretty goal, dude. Don't you think? This was amazing. Like, I I, I don't know. I didn't expect that at all. I expected him to take one touch or, or get tackled and have the goalie get a red card or something. But, <laughs> dude, that's a, that's a hard goal like to do I, I just couldn't believe it and at this point in time uh my wife didn't make it to the second goal all right she did pass out because <laughs> <laughs> we're children and can't make it and i i was like you better wake the fuck up it's getting exciting in here <laughs> it, it, she had to see it i had to share this with somebody and now the dog's barking he's upset i just it was pretty awesome to watch and goal of the week nominee that is not gonna win because of stupid personality Ibrahimovic god well to be fair that goal that he scored we'll we'll get to that a little later I've never seen anything quite like that um but yeah this I mean everything from Gerso's run which is timed perfectly to the pass which is perfectly weighted to the first touch chip off the left foot I mean this is a pretty goal. It's a team goal, and it's not something that you expect from Gerso. Um, if he can do that, and Gerso's honestly our second choice winger on the left side, this team has chance to go far. We talked about that last week, but this is a deep, deep team. I um, mean, if Gerso's running the show like this, Daniel Shallowy better just get comfortable on the bench. I mean, you're not wrong, and and that's weird to say because Daniel at least especially to start the year, was having a hell of a season. Uh, sure. Kind of tapered off a little bit. Yeah, he, he plateaued a little bit, but he was he was still in there making some plays, wasn't finding the net as much. But it's weird because he goes on his first senior international duty with the Hungarian national team, and it might have cost him his job because Gerso's just been playing out of his mind. Um, yeah, maybe so. It's uh, Which, he was, yeah. I mean, dude, I, I'm not, 
I don't know. You can just kick it and run for Gerso. Just blast it down the field, and he's going to get there. Your your right back is going to get burned. That's just the way it is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And if he can work on his last touch, his final touch, like he did on that chip, where it's like, okay, I'm not going to just blast it above the goal, whether it's a cross or a shot or whatnot. If he can work it out so he actually has a finishing product, Gerso can be one of the most dangerous wingers in the entire league when you combine his pace and his uh, his his technical skill on the ball and then with a finishing product. I don't want to go oh, up against absolutely. him if I'm a fullback. And he's getting more yeah. comfortable, and he's going to get better, and he's getting more comfortable at the right time of the year because we got a little under a month and a half left in this season, and then it's playoff time. And right now, we have not clinched a playoff spot. Like, we could still mathematically, we could be out of it, you know, in, in about a month. Yeah. yeah it, so it would, it we got to keep rolling. It would be really hard for us to miss the playoffs, but you're right. Mathematically, we, ha- we have not, there's only like two or three teams that have clinched yet. I think, you know. Just uh, Atlanta Mike, and the Red Bulls. Yeah, Mike McGrew, uh, a lot of you probably follow him on Twitter, Zavictastic. He tweeted um, that there is less than a 1% chance that Sporting KC misses the playoffs, um, which is pretty small. He also indicated that there's a 94% chance that Sporting KC hosts at least one playoff game, which anything could happen, but hey, that's, that's nice. what... That's I'd, like what to, I'd like to miss that knockout round. Well, so there's a... a 83% chance that we finish in the first or second seat, according to his chart. So, by no means guaranteed, but pretty good odds. Um, Bro, so. I saw stats today that, that said the last time we were scoring goals like this, um, we went on to win MLS Cup in 2000 and 2013. Hey, that's not bad. I'll, I'll take it. That's um that's big time. I mean, Sporting KC has a plus 20 goal differential. I can't remember a plus 20 That's what goal differential. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it was goal differential. The, yeah. the last, the top, we're top that we've ever been. And the next two years are 2000 and 2013. This, that says something. Yeah. And if you look at the rest of the Western Conference, the next closest team on goal differential is LAFC at plus 12. Um, so we're you know we're we're well ahead of the rest of the Western Conference now. I haven't worked out what Seattle's goal differential is since they went on their little nine game win streak. It's probably pretty darn good, but um, but yeah, sport, Sporting KC are a legitimate threat to not only win the Western Conference but potentially, depending on how things shake out in the East, host MLS Cup final. That's can that can be talked about. Uh, that's pretty that crazy. Could happen. Pretty insane. Um, I'd love it. Yeah, yeah. We were we were texting about this the other day. Like, if, if we get to that point, like, how how would we be able to get to MLS Cup final if Sporting KC were in it? Be a hell of a lot easier if it were here. So <laughs> let's just do that. Um, yeah, that'd be so cool. So a, f- a few minutes before the half, Sporting KC had a corner kick, and SKC's not necessarily known for their goals off of set pieces. I don't know if this goal counts as a goal off a of set piece or not because it bounced around a few times, but Zussi sent one in. San Jose tried to clear it. They couldn't. Seth knocks it in. Philippe, I think it was Felipe, tries to uh, – it might have been Roger. I can't really tell. The camera's too far away. Tries to send it in. Tarbell sucks and can't gather it, and Ike just stands there to tap it right on in to make it 3-0 Sporting KC. And SKC's That was awesome. We've been waiting for that. You know what I mean? We've been saying, where's Ike? We need Ike on a header, or we need a defender goal or something. Like, we're due for it. And a little poacher's goal like that was, was, it was awesome. He loved it. He loved being there at the right place at the right time. Yeah, and and the ball, it was Roger who sent in the ball. It kind of was like a little like curveball almost. I think that's what maybe screwed with Tarbell so much is it like dropped kind of last second, and I think he thought he was going to catch it, and then it bounced right in front of him, so it skipped off his chest, and Ike was just right there. Tapped it right on in. Yep. 
It'll tap, tap, tap a um, he he always runs to the corner <laughs> with like the utmost excitement when he does that. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, celebrating his recent engagement as well. Congrats, Ike! We might have said that right. last week. I don't remember. Um, he's got but, a new. Uh, uh, I know we're all about you know Kansas City and everything like that, but he's he's got a new podcast that I think he's going to be doing on a regular basis with Sam McDowell. And I'm not sure if they're going to have like their own podcast feed or if it's part of the uh, Casey Star Sports Beat podcast. I don't know if you guys download that at all, but they do a lot of Chiefs, KU, Royals, K State, Missouri stuff, and you know, delete what you want, listen to what you want. But their first episode's out, man, with the with the Icopara and Sam McDowell. Yeah, and it's uh, pretty interesting. It sounds like it's going to be less sportsy and more just kind of like about life issues. Yeah. Issues. And like tangentially about sports. Cause like Ike talks about sort of the whole national anthem controversy in the NFL and like his response and all that stuff. So it, it's really like, we're not going to like tell you everything. You guys should go listen to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ike's a smart guy though. Like I really enjoy hearing his perspective on things. He's a good follow on Twitter. So I'm, I'm excited to hear more from him. Um, so that'll be cool. Definitely check that out. Um, Absolutely. You were the one who brought that to my so attention. Now you're up. I would have missed it. So thank yeah, you. Yeah. I didn't know if you would have known about that. Uh, it just came through on my pod feed and I was like, what the F? But yeah. uh, so now game's up three nothing, man. And uh, you feel, I don't know. I, I said I didn't feel secure until we got four because FC Dallas dropped three on them and they still lost. Yeah. So. Obviously, 3-0, good scoreline. They say 2-0 is the most dangerous score in soccer, but we're up to 3-0. Sure. I, I think what what I love about this game, and this is this is one of the issues that's plagued Sporting KC over the last few years, so that's why it's so nice to see this. Even against a crap team like San Jose, it's so nice to see them not fall into this trap of sort of taking their foot off the gas once they get a lead and then letting a team crawl back in. They kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And in the 67th minute after half, Felipe gets a ball out wide to the left, sends in a freaking gorgeous ball to Gerso, just around the defender. Gerso gets it in stride. Gerso, again, first touch off that left foot, taps it across to uh, Christian Namath, who all he has to do is tap it in past the diving Andrew Tarbell, who has no chance of getting it. And it feels like 2015 again because Christian Namath is on the score sheet for Sporting KC, and we're up 4-0. And... This was a freaking sweet goal, I think. So, I don't know about you. Bro, it was... I mean, Gerso didn't have to give up that ball. No. <clears throat> I mean, at all. He he could have taken a touch and taken a shot on goal. But I think at that moment, he knew he had Namath over there for a for sure goal and to get him on the score sheet for his first time since coming back to Kansas City. So, very selfless play. Um, I love seeing that, too. I was like, man, Gerso's not selfish at all. He'll He, he shares the wealth. Well, it's good. It's really good confidence for Namath just to finally sort of break through that wall and get on the score sheet. He's gotten close a couple times, um, but but to actually get there is is real nice. Um, I want to talk about this ball from Felipe for a second because this thing is a thing of beauty. Um, and with his off the ball runs, like you were talking about before, and then his field vision and and his ability to make long passes like this. Felipe, I think, and 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 this isn't breaking news to anybody, but he's the most important piece probably in in Sporting KC's team, and he's the reason why Sporting KC is truly a challenger for MLS Cup. I think. I don't know. Does what? What, what do you think when I say that? No, I think so. I mean, well, why do you? Why do you think that? I just like his ability to to run off the ball. The, the creativity that he has, you know, Benny was, was a scoring threat, but I think especially as, as Benny got a little older, he sort of evolved less into a chance creator and more of like someone who can sort of individually take over a game if need be, but like, cause he'd get mad and then he would just sort of just start firing things and, and, and make some goals. But sometimes it also works against him. Felipe, he can score, but like he truly looks like when you have Ilya linking from the the defense 
up to the offensive half, and then you have Felipe receiving the ball. It's just like you have these two midfielders who have just absolutely gorgeous field vision. And uh, I don't know. Felipe just looks like he's another level of quality than Sporting Casey's had in the midfield for a long time. Uh, well, that's that's a good point. I mean, but it's going to it's gonna take everyone on this team. And I love this team because everyone brings their own thing to it. I mean, they're not just present. They are always in the moment. They're always taking care of business. And it kind of reminds me of this uh, uh, Chiefs team, if you've, if you've been watching NFL for the first two weeks here, is that the mm-hmm. offense has multiple weapons, dude. I mean, Patrick Mahomes isn't throwing to the same guy for every touchdown over and over. He's spreading it around. And that's kind of how sporting is too, man. We, are, we don't just have one striker, Dom Dwyer, getting 24 goals or anything like that. I, I say it every week. We're scoring from every which way, and that's how we're going to win games because the opposing team is going to start zoning in on one guy, like, oh, he's a threat. Oh, well, then we'll just score with this guy. Now you got to watch film, and now you got to pay attention to this guy. Pretty much every guy, because we're we're all getting goals, man. Yeah, and you know you you brought up Dom Dwyer again. I know there, even as recently as a couple months ago, when Sporting KC was looking for that mythical DP striker that we didn't end up getting, and people were like, "No, like this is bad. Like this, we're not going to be able to do anything without that that person." Sporting KC has scored fifty four goals on the year, which is Second most in the West behind only LAFC, who has 55. And we all know about LAFC's prolific attack. But SKC's leading scorer is a tie between Johnny Russell and Diego Rubio at only eight goals. But I think that's just like you were saying, that's a testament to how truly balanced this team is. You don't necessarily need a 20-goal-a-year striker if you have a team that's so well put together like Sporting KC, where you have, you know, four players with seven or more goals, and I think there's something like, I don't, you know, I, I can't find, you know, I'd have to count up the complete list, but it's it's a ton of people with multiple goals on the year. Um, it's, I don't know, it's it's just, it's like 12 people or something like that have, have yeah two or more goals on, on the year for Sporting KC. And, and same with so assists, it, man. It's not Zussi getting every assist or anything like like back in the day. I mean, everyone's getting assists right. too. Yeah. It, it It's just, it's truly an incredible dynamic that Peter Ramiz has managed to put together. Um, and he's found people who feel like they truly want to be here between Johnny and Ilya and, and Gerso and, and Namath. Like this feels like this could go for a little while. Um, the only other thing I wanted to say about this Namath goal is if you watch the highlight on MLSsoccer.com, my, the absolute favorite thing for me about this goal is the shot from behind the net when Jerso passes it to Namath and you see Tarbell just be like, oh shit, and like tries to get back to the left and does this like crazy dive that's nowhere near the ball and just looks like he's flailing. Um, yeah, you have to. That's all he could do. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it's kind of a funny angle. Um, <laughs> You know, not in the 80th minute, San Jose does pull one back. That's that's what they got their lone goal of the game. Danny Husen, who's who's that a striker broke for them. My who's, heart. Yeah, he's had a a really good season, and and you know what? It's a this good is goal. one of those things. Yeah, you just kind of got to tip your hat to him. He he gets the ball. Um, you know, a, a good 30, 35 yards out from goal. Does a nice little turn. Drives forward. Beasler doesn't step up in time, and, and Husen just fires it. I don't think Melia really expected him to shoot at that point, and you could tell Melia's mad that he didn't get there. But, he curves it, too. It definitely curves in, so it's really tough to judge. Yeah, if you watch um, watch that, there's an angle like that's almost directly behind the shot. When he first shoots it, it looks like it's off target, and then it just curves right inside that, that post. Um, yeah, that's so. pretty badass. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess you could say, hey, Beasley, you, you could step up and close down a little bit more, but I mean, that's just a good goal. Sometimes you just got to tip your hat and move on, really. Move on. Uh, and and then you know, to to end the uh, the goal streak, eighty um, sixth minute, I believe, uh, Sporting KC is down, threatening again. Um, 
Gerso off the volley with the outside of his left foot and Tarbell probably should have got to this, but uh, just fires one ha- uh, home off of a Johnny Russell cross. Is it Johnny? No, it was Diego. Excuse me. Sorry, Diego. It was a Diego cross outside of the left foot uh, of Gerso right past the diving Tarbell. 5-1. There's your ball game. So how you feeling, man? Done deal. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, you move on at that after that one, you're feeling real damn good being undefeated in the state of California this year. Yeah, there you go. I don't think we have to go back out to California for the rest of the year because LAFC nope. and the Galaxy both come out to uh, Children's Mercy Park. That um, is true. But because Dallas dropped points, they only drew. That means Sporting KC moved up into first place in the Western Conference. Um, 51 points through 28 games. Six games left. Um, I I guess, do you think they're going to be able to hold on to this and and win the Western Conference? The Supporters' Shield's probably a bit out of reach at this point, but are you feeling confident of holding on to that first spot or at, at least one of those top two spots to get that first round by? Well, that's not many games, but it's enough games to really screw something up. You know what I mean? So you got to think here. Yeah. We're, we're going out to Philly here on Sunday, and and you don't know what they're going to do because this will be their third game out of five in 15 days. Like they have, they have Open Cup coming up as well, so they're going to really be going after that to get a trophy, get in Champions League, blah, blah, blah. But... So you go to Philly, you'd like to think you get a win, okay? And then uh, uh, yep. next week, next week you got Real Salt Lake coming home. Always a tough game, uh, but it is home, so you you expect to win, right? And then the week after that, you got Zlatan and company coming to town. Still home, you know, should be fine. It's a... It's cra- it's there's a weird Vancouver game in there somewhere. I, I can't remember where it's at, but it's a Wednesday night game that we got to go up to Vancouver, and that's uh that's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's a sleeper game. That's that's a tough one. Um, and then got to go to Dallas. Can't forget that. Man, that okay. So then you in- having a game left on the road against Dallas and home against LAFC. Those are freaking huge games. And the, and the Galaxy, too, but, you know, the Galaxy are kind of in a tailspin. Um, but, you know, it's going to be between Sporting KC, Dallas, and LAFC for those top two spots, more than likely, unless somehow Seattle can just goes undefeated for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, they might. Yeah, but yep. I, I I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I think I said last week I'm cautiously optimistic – I just feel more confident that this team is putting it all together at the right time and that they're deep. Like I'm not like if somebody, I don't want anybody to go down, but if someone were to go down, it's not like in the years past where it's like, Oh no, Dom got injured. Now we're screwed or Benny gets hurt. And now we have, I don't know who Christian Lobato playing That's in true. the field. Like, Oh crap. Kevin Ellis is hurt. We got no one after him, you know? Right. You know, now it's, it's a point where it's like, okay, you know, you hope no one gets hurt because that depth is key. But if someone does, you got this next man up mentality where I don't feel bad if if we have Gerso or Daniel or Johnny or even Johan in there on the wings right now. Like they all, I'm no, confidently win with any of them. That's true. But if you want to get, let's get down to, to brass tacks here and ask the real questions. What happened with Kevin Ellis and Sporting Kansas City? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we still no, want sorry, to know. I, I can revisit this at any moment of every day because it's always on my mind and we're never going to get closure and I need some investigative journalism out here. I need somebody to go down the rumor mill and and get to us because, dude, people release players all the time, but they never did release him. Remember, they, I don't know. It's something that bothers me. It's neither here nor there. If any of you hear something, let me know because I'm I'm losing sleep over it and it's stupid. <laughs> someone, someone go to DC and find out. I gotta find him. Yeah, um, it's weird. I'll he just, must I'll not see be if a he good wants to come on the pod. Okay, you do that. Um, what if he, he was talking about kneeling, and Peter was like, "Not in my house. Get out of here." 
I can 100% guarantee you that is not what he was thinking of doing. <laughs> um, you, don't know, you don't know that. I pretty much know that. Um, check out his Instagram feed. Look at some of his captions. Um, oh, you, yeah. You can, You're right. You can you can see, you know, his his captions that start with an M and, and with the AGA. You know, you, you know where his stance probably is on that. <laughs> um, That's true. That's true. You're making me spell it. probably why here. he's God in. damn it. Yeah, probably why he's in D.C. with his bestie. Um, okay, but, well, we got it. I got to know something. All right. I just someone <laughs> find out and please, please get at me and let me know. I need to know. I, I do wonder, like we're, we're going on a tangent here, but I do wonder if he's a, a bad locker room presence because he started what, like 19 games for Chicago. He had like four goals and four assists. He was not a bad player for them. And they were like, nah, sorry, we don't want you. Like, yeah, they think he's a dick. They just, I maybe he likes one for president, so he probably has one oh, too. <laughs> oh my so, God. yeah, he's a little toad oh, from Mario boy. Kart. Sorry, I went there. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I don't on? know. This has um, nothing to do with anything. <laughs> <laughs> you want to move on to this Philadelphia game? Yeah, we've gone off the rails. We're going back to Philly. <laughs> so going back to Philly. Any other any other thoughts on San Jose before uh, before we move on to this Philly game? Nope. Okay. Kiss them goodbye. They're um, out. So Philly, like you said, has a horrendous couple of weeks coming up. Ten days, really. Um, you know, currently as things stand, they're in fifth place in the East. They're a good five points clear of, of the line. Um, DC's in seventh at 35 points. Philly's in fifth at 40 points. But, um, let me just read you this schedule real quick. So they go away to Seattle, uh, tonight, Wednesday night, uh, 10 PM central time, crazy late game, but might be of interest if you're up, um, so they're on the road in Seattle. Then they fly back to Philly because the following Sunday, like four days later, they play home against Sporting KC. Then they fly to Houston because three days later, they play the Houston Dynamo on the road in the U.S. Open Cup Championship in front of 12 people. And then three days later, they fly to Columbus to play on the road against the Austin crew. And then that's the end of their, like, is that the end of it? I thought they had another game in there somewhere. Either way, that's a lot of you games you, in a very you said five. short period of time. It was five and fifteen. Oh yeah, they they and they just played Montreal where they lost four one this past Saturday. So they go yeah. Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. Five games in a span of two weeks. Like, that's yeah, freaking dude. nuts. One of which is an Open Cup final, and they're flying all over the country. So yeah, that open cup's big though. I do. You, do you think we see a top notch lineup from them? It'll be on Sunday, dude. So that, it's not a Saturday to Wednesday. It's a Sunday to Wednesday. So do you think they rest some guys for Houston? So they're in it's like intercom- the worst. It's an out of conference game. They don't care about us. Yeah, but I think here's the thing. They're in like the worst possible situation here because on one hand you're like, well, this is a cup final. We want to win a cup this might be our best chance. On the other hand, you're like, well, we might actually need our regular starters to be fresh against the crew the following Sunday because we might be in a playoff fight because DC yeah, has been going they're nuts. In fifth. Um, yeah, they're in fifth, but, but just with, you know, the way they look and the way DC's looked as of late after getting Wayne Rooney. Um, DC's still out of it betting, though. But they got, they got one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, oh, no, five, right. six games left. And dude, and they released the strength of schedule for every team, and they have the lowest strength of schedule remaining out of every team. Well, because they got five of their six games left at home, two games yes. against the Fire. Still, they haven't. They, I mean, they got two games against the god awful Fire left. Um, Toronto, they still got who's pretty much given up on the season. The Impact, who aren't great. I mean, their their toughest games are home against FC Dallas and home against New York City. And New York City's in a, the, in a weird little tailspin too. 
I don't think Toronto's given up. Like they're not out of it either. They they just know they have to win every game to get in. Yeah. Well, maybe they're too focused on the Campiones Cup tonight. And Very big even, matchup. I don't even want to talk about that. That makes no sense. <laughs> um, MLS is pushing it hard. Uh, no, I get it. We're trying to be like Europe, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And Europe has these weird, like, oh, you know, the Super well, Cups or yeah, Champions League winner is. versus Europa League winner. And right. I don't know. But, but yeah, I, cool. I think f- I'm not watching it by any means. <laughs> <laughs> it is on ESPN too. They got a they got a t- TV deal with ESPN, um, so this is going to be true. on there. Um, Toronto well, ESPN and loves their Mexican UNA. club, so yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know Philly. I think they're going to be real tired. And again, I, I'll say kind of what I said last week, I guess. Expect nothing less than a draw, but I'm pretty hopeful we can go in there and get all three points. Um, what do you think? I think we can too. I don't I don't see why not. Um, yeah. I think we'll probably see – god damn, will we see a return of Johnny, Daniel, and uh, Diego? Or do we just – or do we roll with this lineup again? I mean, I guess it will depend on training. We'll just have to see. Yeah, part of it will depend on training. I honestly don't know anymore what's best. Like, you, you want to rotate these guys in to keep them fresh, but also you kind of want to be like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And now but Kyrie I mean, Shelton played with Swope Park Rangers last week. So yep. he's uh, he's he's doing better, obviously. He's playing. Yeah, he's getting some starting minutes with Swope Park, so he's getting back to full fitness. He's another piece. You throw him in there, he's not probably – a starter in this team, but I mean, he's a quality body. You can bring in late in the game to, to, to bring in a fresh pair of legs who can make some runs and, and create some space. So quality body. Yeah, there you go. It's a um, body that doesn't quit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to leave that one alone. Um, <laughs> fresh legs. We'll, we'll get to, <laughs> geez. Get to a, uh, <laughs> some some questions here. Uh, we got we got a few um, from from our guy Bob and Weave. Um, you know, he said okay. He 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 ate his words with Namath, but he still thinks he needs to work harder at playing a defensive spot when the plan is to play defense. Kyrie and Diego, he thinks, does a better job falling back and helping more in that situation. Uh, so I don't know. What what do you think? What have yeah. you seen from Namath defensively? Uh he's Bill Murray from Space Jam. I mean, he doesn't play defense. <laughs> that's just Oh. That's what he is. He's like, no, that's no, no, reference. no. I don't do defense. So Yeah. But he is. He's a scorer and he he's he doesn't want to track back. I mean, Diego Rubio's your workhorse, man. He's the guy that's gonna come all the way back in the box and be playing center back out of nowhere and then run the length of the field with you. I yeah. don't think that's Namath. Yeah, there's I mean there's pros and cons to I mean there's not really pros per se to not playing defense, but since he plays higher up in the field, it puts him in a different position than Diego sometimes when Diego's back there really hustling on defense. Namath staying a bit higher up the field creates a bit more opportunity for a quick counter. So there's that, I guess. <laughs> but, I guess. If it truly became a problem, Peter would address it, I think, because Peter doesn't let people be lazy. So, you know, hopefully if it ever became detrimental, uh, Peter would address it there. But uh, right. Bob and Weave's other question, you know, he kind of formed it um, in, in a, a sentence form instead of a question. But I think you would agree that Namath would do better at an outside attacker position rather than the middle Seems he flourished out there last time he was with Sporting KC. So I have some thoughts, but what do you think? Middle or winger for Namath? Um, shit. I don't know, man. I like, I kind of like him at the winger, I think. I, but I don't know. I just don't know if there's any room for him as a winger anymore. Yeah. So, so that, I mean, obviously he did have a very successful 2015 season on the left wing for Sporting KC. It was more out of necessity than anything because we didn't really have a left wing. And even though Namath 
came in as more of a striker. Dom was clearly the striker, so Namath didn't really have a place. Now, our wingers are such high quality that I think Daniel and Gerso and Johnny and hell, even Johan are probably better wingers than Namath. Um, So like you said, I just don't think there's space for him. I think, you know, once he gets used to playing with 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 this team and, and he's getting there a little bit more, which you saw with his off ball run with, with with Gerso on the goal he scored, I think he'll do just fine at, at center forward. Um I think it's just hey, he came in with high expectations. It took him a few games to find goal. Um, but I think he'll do fine at center forward. So that's what I think. I think so too. I, I I'm on the Diego Rubio train right now just because he's been so hot lately. You know, he's so hot right now. <laughs> um, he is. Yeah, and he had an assist, uh, a gorgeous assist uh, on that last goal to Gerso. So it's a good yeah, problem to have when you get... goal. Yeah. Do you think it was accidental? I mean, it wasn't like... I don't know. I don't think it was accidental. I mean, I think he meant to put it on goal, but it certainly wasn't like hit with any pace or anything like that. It the goalie just happened to have a late reaction on it. Like he should have stopped it. He, yeah, he should have stopped it. Do you think he meant to hit it with his outside foot or do you think he missed hit it and it happened to go off his outside foot? Uh, that's a good question. And we may never know. Probably won't ever know. And if you ask him, he'll probably tell you he did exactly what he tried to do. So uh, that is so Kevin Ellis. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't really know what that means, but I was just laughing. Um, I don't either. Just gonna use it as a verb when I'm pissed off at things. <laughs> Ugh, you really Kevin Ellis that one, bro. <laughs> um. So before we, he has another question that we can get to at the end there. Um. Let's go over a couple of How other many questions we letting people ask. What's going on here? <laughs> well, we did. We only got questions really from two people, so we're letting three slide from from Bob and Weave. Um. Some weeks okay, we get that's fine. We, that's fine. Yeah, some weeks we get a, a crap ton of questions and we got to limit it to like one per person. Um, no, I love it. That's what this podcast is here for, man, to answer people's questions like and give our take on things. We're not we're not professionals, all right? Mm-mm. I mean, you are. You're in the press box, so you, you know eh, most things. I don't know if I'd say, I'm not a professional. I have somehow faked my way into getting a press pass. But There you go. <laughs> Um, I write stuff every once in a while for, uh, you know, just pretend like I know what I'm talking about and hopefully people like it. <laughs> yeah. So around the rest of the league, um, you know, we mentioned Montreal smacked Philadelphia 4-1. Atlanta freaking beat the Rapids 3-0. Woohoo. <laughs> this, this Toronto so Galaxy. Surprised. Yeah. Who knew? This Toronto Galaxy game was the weird one. Um, that was laughable. Yeah, because this is the one where Toronto goes up 3-0 in the first half. Then Zlatan hits his 500th professional goal on that crazy roundhouse kick that's like a reverse roundhouse kick off the outside of his foot into the that's right side of the net. spitting back kick, my friend. Spitting back kick, which I have never spinning seen in my life. Um, sparks a little galaxy comeback they come back down from 3-0 and tie it 3-3 and then that was crazy toronto scores two more goals and ends up winning 5-3 so and zlatan and michael bradley got into it for a little bit they did um and they were they were jawing at each other at the end zlatan called him he said he thinks he's the philosopher of soccer talking about michael bradley and uh, i heard an interview with Michael Bradley, he was on Max and Herc podcast, and he was like, "Uh, well, that's <laughs> that's just him. I mean, he's nothing but in, if 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 anything, he's entertaining. I mean, he has a personality. Yeah. So yes, I mean, there you go, man. I will say, if you watch uh, the the video of the altercation where Zlatan like comes up and is like very clearly trying to intimidate Michael Bradley, and it goes on for almost a full minute. Credit to Michael Bradley; he doesn't back down. He basically squares him up and is like, hey, man, you want to go? Let's go. Um, yeah, he was not, talking to him. Yeah. Not a lot of people would do that to Zlatan. If a giant 6'5", however tall Zlatan is, angry, ran up on me, I'd probably be like, okay, I'm sorry, you're right. 
Mike Bradley wasn't having nah, it. Just, you distract him, and I'll chop his ponytail off. <laughs> uh, yeah, then uh, then you'd have to run for your life. Um, yeah, then I then I will I'll put it under I'll put it under water and then throw it against the wall so it just sticks there. <laughs> there you go. I don't know what I don't know what that does, but that that's intimidation for you, bitches. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was a strange game, and yeah. Zlatan said he thinks he's the philosopher of football, but uh, he should play by my rules. So, there you go. Well, our rules are that we call it soccer, you dunce. Yeah. Suck it, Zlatan. Um, Suck it. <laughs> uh, Dallas drew with the crew, 0-0. Nothing exciting there. Houston, out of nowhere, beat Portland 4-1. Um, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. And then... You know, just, you know, Minnesota tied RSL 1-1. Seattle kept winning because they're stupid. LAFC tied New England. And then uh, DC tied the Red Bulls 3-3. And Chicago embarrassed Orlando City 4-0 in the battle of the worst teams in the league. Um, I didn't really get to watch much of really any of the Orlando Fire game. Uh, but... This leads into Bob and Weave's last question. What team is in worse shape in regards to overall current end of the season performance and have the bigger choices to make at the end of the season? Orlando, San Jose, or Chicago? So I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Which of those three do you think is in the worst shape heading into the offseason? Orlando, Chicago, and who? San Jose. Uh probably san jose i mean they just fired their coach and there's six games left in the season like why wouldn't you have waited till after i mean it's not like this is june or july we're in september here people yeah and that's valid um i'm gonna Orlando's go a little different got the way players that they can build off of well so here's here's why i'm you're you're going one way i'm gonna go the other way i say orlando is in the worst spot um, because they have earned like less than 0.3 points per game for the last like 12 games. They have the players, so they shouldn't be this bad, but they are. They already fired their coach, Jason Christ, earlier in the season and named his replacement, who has done worse than Jason Christ did, and it's not even really close. So that's why I think Orlando's in the worst situation, because they have players that should be good. They've named a coach that's supposed to be their permanent coach, who's gone on to only do worse than their previous coach. So now they're kind of in a situation where they're like, well, crap, what do we do now? We have the players that we thought we needed to be good. We have the guy who we thought was going to be our coach of the future, and things have just continued to get worse most recently with a 4-0 embarrassment against the Colorado, uh, Chicago Fire. So, interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Orlando's not in great shape. I don't think, but I wouldn't want to be any of those three teams. So no, not at all. I just I don't know what it's like to not make the playoffs, you guys. I don't know how that feels. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Hey, you say what you want about Sporting KC's success in the playoffs, but the fact that they've made the playoffs for like eight straight years—pretty damn impressive. Yeah, Peter Vermees, man, wakes up in the morning, pisses excellence. No big deal. <laughs> um. Before we uh, maybe mention what game we're, we're looking forward to most next week in MLS, I do want to touch on um, the U.S. men's national team did beat Mexico 1-0. That game was like just right. starting to kick off when we were recording last week. So even though it was on a Tuesday, it wasn't yet in our podcast. So Viva you know, la Americana. Ty- yeah, Tyler Adams got the lone goal uh, against a 10-man uh, Mexico side. Um did you get a chance to watch any of that? And if so, what'd you think? Uh, I didn't see a lot of it, um, but it's it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, they're trying to, oh, they're trying to rebuild, man. And I, you kind of wish. Uh, I don't know. They're just not exciting to watch right now. Bottom line. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, the, the most exciting part of the game I thought was when Matt Miazga started making fun of other players' height. Um. I was just basically calling 
players on the Mexico team short, which ultimately kind of yeah, led I, to their red card. I think that was more like him saying like, dude, hey, you're a little short. You don't want to mess with me. Okay. Right. I, I don't know if he was like, I don't know if it was discrimination or anything. Oh, I don't think it was at all. I think you're right. I think he, he was just being like, hey, I'm big. You're short. Yeah, you don't want it. You don't want none of this. Um, yeah, back off. Yeah, I have I have no problem with what he did. I I think it's just fine. I think it was just banter, and I kind of he's, he's just like you don't want this problem right now, right? And you know what? It, you need a fire like that sometimes. And I honestly think that that got under Mexico's skin enough where it led to the red card just a couple minutes later. So, hey, you know, good for Probably him. Probably so. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's still no permanent coach. Ernie Stewart, the GM, says he'll name one by the end of the year, which probably will be Baralter, like we talked about. But well, we got to play England here coming up pretty soon. Yeah, they have. Who do they still have left? I think it's like Colombia, Peru, England, and Italy. I think are the four teams they have yeah, left. I think in, so. Friendlies. All great teams. <laughs> <laughs> All great teams. England is in England. Italy's somewhere in Europe. I yeah. don't think they've said where yet. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's gonna be tough. Um, for sure. That does that does lead us into our last question from I, I'm gonna butcher your name, Michael. I'm sorry, Michael Feuerborn. I think. Um, thank you for the question. Uh, he says, "What are your thoughts on David Moyes putting his hat in for the U.S. Men's National Team head coach position?" I don't know. Tell Did me, do that? your boy, or is that like your, a what if thing? Oh no, he did. He said that if he were offered the U.S. men's national team coaching job, he'd have to consider it. So, wow, your boy David, what do you think? I, I don't even. I, I got to be honest, dude. I don't even know who this guy is. Wait, what is his background? Oh, for real? He. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're trolling me or not, but if you are, that's <laughs> no, really done, dude. I'm. I'm really not. You know me. I don't okay. know. I don't. I, I knew American football before I got into European football. So, so David Moyes was the manager at Everton for a while. Um, okay, led them to their traditional seventh or eighth place finish for m- most of his time there. Um, he was the manager right before Roberto Martinez. So really, Martinez when when Martinez uh, finished, I think it was fifth place with Everton a, a few years back. It was mostly with Moyes' players because Moyes left to be the manager of Manchester United. So Moyes was the manager of Manchester United for one season. It was a disappointing season at Man United. He got let go. Um, I think he went to I want to say Italy for a bit last year. He was at West Ham, and then West Ham let him go. Um, he, I mean, he's been all over Europe. He's just one of those coaches where people just associate him with mediocrity at best. So it kind of, okay. to me, to me, this kind of like he's he's already said he's interested in the Atlanta job supposedly. If Tata leaves, now he's saying he's interested in the U.S. men's national team job. He was at the game in New York when the U.S. men's national team played there against Brazil. I think Matt Doyle tweeted a picture of him on the subway. Um, that's right. Know, to, to me, this just feels kind of like desperate from David Moyes. He just wants to get back into coaching and is like anywhere that he gets a chance, he'll take it. So. Seems a little bit like that. Uh, I think we're in agreement that it's probably going to go to Greg Berhalter, right? I I mean, yeah, I think so. Based off of what Ernie Stewart said and that they've played together and people seem to like Berhalter. I don't think it's going yeah. to be Peter Vermees because I think Peter Vermees likes what he's got going at sporting right now. And I don't think he trusts us soccer right now. So Baralter's probably my first probably choice. True. Now the, the wrinkle is if Baralter decides he wants to take a look at that galaxy job, but see, that'd be stupid. Yeah. I agree with you. Why would you do that? I, I don't know. Why would you take another club job when you could take the national team job? Unless he's worried that the pressure and the expectations for the national team, like they can't live up to it. But dude, it's not like this isn't like Spain, okay, where the Spain manager was offered Real Madrid's job. You know what I mean? We were like, oh shit, yes, Real Madrid. That I will coach that over the Spain national team. You would not coach a club over the U.S. national team. You wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're probably right. So 
Um, I don't know. It's just, like you said, the men's national team is not all that fun to watch right now because it feels like we're kind of spinning our wheels. So Yeah, we're in a standstill right now. I don't know what's happening. Um, Yeah, so, hey, they beat Mexico, but Mexico didn't have like six of their best players, so take that for what you will. <laughs> That's true, and we didn't have anybody. I mean, we just had our, our young dudes. Yeah, we had a couple of the young guys, Weston McKinney, Timothy Weah, um, you know, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Anthony Robinson, but, like, there was no Polisic, no Josie, which Josie might still be around in four years. Who knows? Hopefully he's not starting if he is, because if he is, then that means we're screwed, because 32-year-old <laughs> Josie starting at forward is probably not great for your chances. Um, probably not. But I don't know. Anyway. We'll uh, we'll see them again sometime in October. I think is when the next men's national team games are. Um, yep, you're absolutely right. Outside of uh, so outside of the Sporting KC game on Sunday, are there any other games this weekend that you are especially interested in? Or Wednesday? There's some tonight too. Any games uh, either tonight or this weekend that you're looking forward to? I just want to see if LA Galaxy can quiet Seattle Sounders. That's kind of what I'm looking at. And yeah. to see if Vancouver can can knock Dallas down a little more as Vancouver tries to make a run for this playoff spot. Yeah. I mean, those are, those are the two, I think, most relevant games for Sporting KC. Western Conference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for the West. Um, but for the East, nothing looks fun unless it's Atlanta and RSL. I mean... I don't know. Can RSL do anything at Mercedes-Benz Stadium? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, Red Bulls in Toronto, in theory, should be good. But I don't know. You never like. You never really know with Toronto. They could show up one day and be like, oh, yeah, we were the best team ever last year, and we still have all those guys. Or they might show up and That's be true. terrible. So, um, Very true. Yeah. Anyway. Um yeah, should be a fun week filled with lots and lots of games. So, well, we are at the hour point, sir. And uh, this, for those of you who have stuck with us from the very beginning, was the 52nd episode we've ever done, which means we have been around for one year. Whoa. So That's crazy. Yeah. And we're still here. And we're Dude, still going. What do we gotta? what do we got to do? I mean, we got to... Oh man, do we gotta do something? Do we gotta do like a giveaway or or some kind of uh? How do we progress the pod from here, brother? You know, that's a good question. We just started the website, so check that out. We forgot to get a little uh, preview up before last week because I was heading out of town, and um, Dan's been very busy as well. So we'll we'll get one up this week for sure ahead of Philly. Um, maybe we'll put something up about Sporting KC getting the third coach fired. In three years, uh, Mikhail Stari obviously got fired by the earthquakes um, after less than a year in charge. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, we, you know, you mentioned this right before we started recording. Maybe, you know, at some point we look at doing a video version of the podcast, putting it up on YouTube and people can see us. It's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, how does that work? Is there something called like a, what is that? Twitch. Twitch is something you can do, right? Over long distance. Uh, you might be able to have to look into that. Yeah. We could even do some live streams at times. Um, I was thinking we just record ourselves and put it up after, but Hey, live streams would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, live would be cool. So if people wanted to jump on and watch, they could, um, or give us the download or whatever. Yeah. And I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be cool to have some of our fan, like, especially some of the fans who've been with us since like the very beginning. Um, y'all know who you are. Like, Hey, maybe we'll, we'll, you know, I'm just throwing this out there. We haven't talked about this yet, so we're doing this live. Um, have a, a, a couple of uh, segments where we just invite some fans on for, you know, five minutes, ten minutes, and just, you know, let them talk with us for a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah. I think that'd be real cool. And how so, could we do uh, – we, we got to figure it out. Like, I mean, with a microphone or, or video, it could be fun. Fun things to come. Yeah, so – let us know what you guys think. We're a year in. What do you like? What don't you like? Um, what do you want to see us do next? You know, we do this for ourselves because it's fun, but we also do it for you. Uh, if you guys don't want to listen 
this wouldn't really exist. So tell us what you think would be a cool next step for no other pod. You can let us know on Twitter at no other pod at JCMac zero three at Dan Couser, um, Facebook, facebook.com slash no other pod Gmail, um, no other pod at gmail.com or leave a iTunes rating and review and let us know in the uh, little review section, what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see us do next. So can't thank you guys enough though for for sticking with us for a year and uh hopefully yes, thank a lot you. more to come. So that's all I got, man. Anything else for our good people? That's it, brother. Nope, wrap it up. Let's go home. Well, I am home, but I don't know where you are. <laughs> Me too. <That's> <laughs> I'm at home as well. Okay. Well, mission accomplished. On that note, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we'll talk at you next week after hopefully another sporting KC victory. Maybe another coach fired. Who mm-hmm. knows? Uh, but until then, I'm Jimmy. He's Dan. We'll talk to y'all later. See ya. One year. Woo! This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.